0: I'll look at them. Look at Dan. Now, very important thing I told my daughter and granddaughters, no serious guys in your 30s.
1: Okay. <laughs> no, no what?
0: No serious guys in your 30s. I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> <least. At> <laughs> Dear President, and I'm Dave Rubin. This is The Rubin Report. It's October 17th, 2022. And no, you're not having some sort of medical emergency. This is a special happy hour edition of The Rubin Report. Uh, This morning at 11 a.m. Eastern, when we normally tape this show, I was over in Wynwood, which is a uh, suburb of Miami, a very cool hip spot they say. Uh, That's where we opened up the locals' offices. uh, And I was interviewing Miami Mayor Francis Suarez, which we're going to put up tomorrow and throughout the week. So we couldn't do the regular show then. And I said, we cannot give up a day. We must connect with the people. We want to talk to them, get some questions from them, do our thing. So we are here for a happy hour show. I've got tequila right over here. I'm going to show you that In just a second, we are going to do one story up top because I couldn't let this Fauci stuff slide. But real quick on this on this Biden thing and the hair sniffing and the so he he said to his uh, what granddaughter and niece that you don't have any serious guys till you're thirty. Is the implication they should just have one night stands like they should basically just get banged by a whole bunch of dudes until they're thirty and then they should get serious? Wouldn't you be saying you should only have a serious boyfriend when you're Twenty. That might you might want to try a real relationship. No, nothing serious till then. Gang bangs, whatever you need, people. It's happy hour. It's happy hour. What can I tell you? Uh, so yes, we're going to talk about Lord Fauci real quick, and then uh, we are going to mix it up and uh, and do some fun stuff. I'm not even wearing a jacket today. It's very casual. Very casual here. I'm free balling too. Uh-oh. Now we're demonetized. Uh, let me talk to you guys about Bullion Max real quick. Then we'll get to it. You know, as uh, inflation surpasses highs not seen in 40 years, the value of the dollar is decreasing with every passing day. You're paying more at the pump, the grocery store, for cars, for housing. Face it, your paper money is worth less. Friends, the timing couldn't be any better for our new sponsor, Bullion Max. Bullion Max is a direct-to-consumer precious metals retailer who can help you diversify into gold and silver. It's a hedge against inflation. It's also security for you and your family in times of crisis. Here's why I love Bullion Max. They're owned by veterans in the precious metal space, offer some of the lowest prices on the Internet, and they make it so easy to buy directly from their website. I want to help you get started. So I worked out a special offer with them just for you. Get Bullion Max's silver starter kit at employee pricing. Just go to bullionmax.com Dave. This kit includes five of the most desirable silver products to invest in, including a silver American eagle and a silver Australian kangaroo. This offer is limited to just one per household. So get yours now. Go to bullionmax.com Dave. And now back to me. Okay. Before we get to the drinking, Let's talk to talk about a man who could drive you to drink. Yes, that's uh, Anthony Fauci, uh, because he's making the media rounds again. And he's basically lying about absolutely everything that he had to do with during the two years of covid, whether it was vaccines, lockdowns, school closures, kicking people out of work. All, he's just name a thing. He's lying about it. Uh, Here is Fauci just, uh, I believe this is yesterday, saying that he had nothing to do with school closures. Was it a mistake in so many states and so many localities uh, to see schools closed as long as they were?
1: I think in some case, I I don't want to use the word mistake, John, because if I do, it gets taken out of the context that you're asking me the question on. Was it we pay too high a price? Yeah, I would say that what we should realize... And have realized that there will be deleterious collateral consequences when you do something like that. This idea that this virus doesn't afflict children is not so. It does. We've lost close to 1,500 kids so far. But much less than the older population, obviously. Oh, of course. But you shouldn't discount that it does afflict children. So it isn't without consequences. If you go back... And I ask anybody to go back over the number of times that I've said we've got to do everything we can to keep the schools open. No one plays that clip. They always come back and say Fauci was responsible for closing schools. I had nothing to do. I mean, mean, let's get down to the facts.
0: All right, people, are you ready? Because we've got the internet. This is incredible. So Connor over here sits in front of this box and it's got light coming out of it. It's got wires going into it. He tells me it's connected to this thing called the internet where you can find video of people saying the reverse thing for two years that he just said right there. He says he had nothing to do with it. He was
1: trying to keep schools open. He didn't want to close them. Fauci. If we get community-based cases throughout various parts of the country, then you use that information to make the decision if they're gonna do what you said, which is do the kind of social distancing. Yeah. That includes teleworking, closing schools, etc. By the time we get to the fall, that we will have this under control enough that it certainly will not be the way it is now where people are shutting schools. My optimistic side tells me that we'll be able to renew to a certain extent, but it's gonna be different, remember now, because this is not gonna disappear So we're going to have to have in place the capability of doing the things that we talk about all the time on this stage to identify, to isolate, to contact trace. So if you at least agree that the general principle is to try as best as you can to get the children back to school, I think you have to put that in the context that an important issue in that is to make sure you do whatever you can to safeguard the safety and the health of the children as well as the teachers, and that should guide your policy. See, as a father, if I could just say, I would be delighted to
0: send my kids back to school. I mean, remote learning is horrible, uh, especially for younger kids.
1: It's just it's just not the way the kids are supposed to learn. The
0: gall of this man, this liar, of course he wanted schools closed, and of course there's plenty evidence of it, but he just keeps lying and keeps lying. Uh, Also, he says he had nothing to do with lockdowns. It wasn't just school closures. He also had nothing to do with lockdowns. Well, you're not going to believe it. We found this. Do you
1: regret particularly the last one, the shutdown, the sweeping shutdown that some said made things worse? No, I I don't, uh, Neil. And in fact, I think we need to make sure that your listeners understand I didn't shut down anything. I recommended to the president that we shut the country down. And the only way to do that is by draconian means of essentially shutting down a country. We know that we can do that if we shut down. Well, I think one of the things you really need to do to the extent that you can shut down Mm. temporarily, Mm. the country I think is important. Well, if I knew at the time that Shutting down would have such a dramatic effect on controlling the spread. Obviously, we would have shut down earlier. There were those who say you shut down your des- destructive things by disrupting the economy. And others say, well, if you save so many infections by shutting down, why didn't you shut down two weeks earlier? These people, it's just incredible. Like,
0: I, I, I want it to be studied how it's not that people can't be wrong about things. Of course people could be wrong about things. It's that they can lie about everything they used to say and believe. Not only is he saying, I had nothing to do with lockdowns, and then we're showing you all the lockdown evidence, but he's also at times was saying that he would have been for more lockdowns. The lockdown, there's no evidence that any of it worked. It all actually had far more detrimental effects when it came to depression and alcoholism and physical abuse and kids with slow speech and all of these things, all of the horrific things that they have done, that many of them we probably won't even see the effects of for years and years and years as young people grow up. Delayed speech, all of the stuff, guys, all of it. He had everything to do with it. And now he's on a PR tour, making sure that you don't know what you know, but Anthony Fauci, I'm not gonna let you get away with it. Not on this happy hour. And on this happy hour, I think it's time. Now that I've got the fresh bottle of Class Azul, this is the tequila that I love. I also have a nice glass there with one one rock. I like the one rock, the nice one rock. Can we get more into the happy hour mood? Would that be possible here in... Stu- oh, look at that. That is absolutely incredible. How did we do that? We are now in Miami happy hour mode. This is a fresh bottle. I just took the plastic off of the Class Azul Reposado, which I absolutely love. A lot of you were asking about this bottle because this is the bottle of tequila that I had at the uh, at the Bill Maher Club Random podcast a couple days ago, and uh, what you may have noticed, if those if for so for some of you that are real tequila people playing at home, so I had asked them to get me this. They said, "What do you drink?" And I said, "I like the Class Azul." Uh, Reposado. And they said, well, actually, he usually drinks uh, uh, Don Julio 1942. And I was like, well, you did ask me what I like. And I do like that. And to their credit, they got me the bottle that I like. What I needed to find out, I got to text Bill and find out what's what here. He had a special bottle. This is the emblem that's normally on here. His bottle, if you watch the video, had a special, almost like a square-like emblem. I got to find out what that was. You know, he's got that HBO money so he can figure out uh what's going on here uh anyway uh cheers everybody hope you're having a drink at home for those of you that are watching on uh locals i will be taking some questions on the fly i have nothing in front of me well i have some i had the fauci papers but i've got nothing else in advance and we're just here to to shoot the shit and enjoy this monday i feel like a monday happy hour was uh, was the right way to go so let me get a sip of this man that is good that is good. Have I turned you guys? I, Daphne, you were always into the tequila. Phoenix, you're coming around on the tequila, right? You're getting there. And you, Connor, with your monkey shoulder whiskey. It's all he drinks, monkey shoulder. You know about this? He's gotta have it at all times, right before we start the show. Um, anyway, I thought maybe I'd talk a little bit about what it's been like to be back on the grid, because it's been about, it's about 45 days here, and a lot has changed. Uh, not only while I was off the grid, but then uh, since I have come back on the grid, uh, when I was off the grid, well, we had our first son, uh, Justin, who is now just over two months, born on August 6th. And uh, he's just awesome. This kid is, he's just great. Like he's just a smiler and a laugher, little gassy. There's gonna, there's gonna be some gas that I think that's to be, uh, to be understood, um, but uh, he's just great. And especially now that he's like smiling a little bit more when, you know, directly, you know, usually when kids are born at first, sometimes you get these smiles and their eyes are kind of, they can't really focus on things and they can only see a little bit of distance at first. And then literally every day it it increases and increases. Now at about nine weeks, like he's recognizing me a little bit more. He's smiling like directly. I'm doing all my little silly games and voices and I tell him about politics and all the stuff. Um, So we're enjoying ourselves. And now, and then Luke, arrived, what, it's about, it's about 10 or 11 days ago, uh, we got number two. And, uh, and Luke, who again, as I told you guys, uh, he is not named after Luke Skywalker. He is named after Uncle Lucas, played by Leslie Nielsen in the season finale of Golden Girls. Of course, he married Dorothy Spornak, uncle of Blanche Devereaux. You, you all know the story. I don't have to uh, drive that thing home. Uh, but he's been great and, you know, so far, so far, so good. You know, we're a little little short on sleep. Uh, meals are a little more interrupted these days. Um, but life is good and it's it's given me, a, I would say, like a renewed fervor for all of this. You know, I'm obviously very passionate about what I do and I, I believe in, in fighting for a better world and trying to make things a little bit better. You know, it's, there's, uh, as Jared Kushner said to me in our interview, you know, the machine is the machine and you got to learn how to play the game. Well, it's sort of like the machine has existed long before me and long after me. But if you, can, if you can make it a little bit better in your brief little blip on earth, then I think you've done something good. And since I have these two kids, I'm feeling like this, yeah, it's, it's this renewed call to, uh, to keep fighting uh, for, for some of the things that we're fighting for. So uh, it, it's been a wild, not only wild 45 days, I would say in the, what are we? We're at about nine months now that we've been here in Florida. And obviously Florida has been, well, to you, to you, Florida. I should drink every time fauci lies, be under the table. God, that is good if you If you like tequila, it's not cheap. It's not cheap. So a bottle of this stuff, it's probably about hundred fifty bucks. It is not cheap. I'm just putting that out there, so it's a it's a luxury item, uh, but it is worth it. You have one sip of this, and uh, your life will change. That's what I'm telling you. Um, but you know so we've been in in Florida for about nine months now, and um, you know well, you guys know, I I had to get out of Los Angeles and I'll put a little money in the jar. I'm running out of of cold, hard cash here. We're gonna have to go to the bank. Um, I had to get out of LA. And it's just, it's been so great here that this morning when we taped this interview with Mayor Suarez, I was reminded that it was was about uh, 15 months or or so ago that I had interviewed him for the first time in Miami, on location in Miami Beach. Uh, It was in June of last year. I wasn't even thinking, about moving to, to Florida yet. You know, it was, there was like an inkling of it, but I really wanted to see what happened with the with the recall and all that. Um, and just how quickly time flies. Like 15 months later, we're here for nine months. You know, I'm, I'm doing stuff, not only with the mayor, but with the governor. I've been so welcomed here. Like life is good, COVID is irrelevant here. The economy is booming. I meet so many great people here. Like it's just... Uh, well, I guess I guess the point is that if you if you do some good work and you keep your head on straight and you make decisions that are good for you and your family, then then some good things can happen. We'll we'll have the locals community throw in a couple uh, couple questions and comments that I will get to. Uh, but oh, I should also mention uh, because of the uh, because of the tequila here, and obviously the big thing of, of last week was the Marr interview. I think we're on to something here. I think we're onto something here. And then I think that that was really what came across to me uh, in the comments more than anything else. Look, a lot of you, it was all over the place, the comments. And that's, that's how you know you're doing something good, right? So if I put up a video and everyone agrees with me, every single person agrees with me, and you gotta remember, some people hate watch. Some people watch because they're big fans. Some people are in between. And also the people that comment are only a certain set of people. So you know, if a video gets 500,000 views and 10,000 people comment on it. That seems like a lot, but that means 490,000 people did not comment on it, might have just enjoyed it and walked away. That's why the comment system, the way it exists now is so dysregulating because it's very hard to get a snapshot of what reality is because you're getting from a certain set of people that do comment in the first place. I like a lot of commenters, a lot of them have really great thoughts and can help me frame a, a story or an idea or give me some new thoughts, whatever it might be. Um, but it is sort of an odd selection to like, just go about your day thinking, well, what do the commenters say? Because you don't know what all the people who watched it and thought nice things or bad things or whatever else might be, what, what's on their mind. Uh, anyway, one of the interesting things about the Mar interview, and he's he's said this to me now since, since uh, we sat down, is that, our audiences are kind of all over the place, right? So he's got the more liberal audience now. And if you would have said to me, Dave, you know, if you would have said to me 10 years ago, Dave, you're gonna have a sit down with Bill Maher, you're gonna be drinking tequila and smoking weed, you're gonna be the conservative, he's gonna be the liberal, like, it's all over the place, right? But he said that his audience really, really has been loving it. And I've looked on the comments over there and, and yeah, some of them think I'm, I'm too much of a Trump supporter or I'm a scary conservative or something like that. But the bulk of them, and this is a credit to Bill, the bulk of them were like, hey, Rubin seems cool. Like they disagree on some stuff, but they're enjoying having a drink with each other. This is what we all used to do, right? This is what we used to enjoy about each other, that you'd sit down and you'd break bread or drink tequila with somebody who who you don't agree on everything with. And the way that we kind of danced in and out of politics and everything else. As for my audience, you guys said something very similar. I think a certain percentage of you, and I fully get it, you wanted me to hit him a little bit harder on the politics stuff. But as I said, right before the interview, and you can go back and watch the day before I left for Los Angeles, you know, I, you had to, I think that I had to have a strategic goal going into this. My strategic goal was, hey, let's start the conversation, right? Let's see if we can find some common ground here. And we're not gonna solve it all in one day. Like the chances that I was gonna walk into Bill Maher's house, like knock him out, and now you'll vote Republican and support DeSantis. Like the chances that were gonna happen were basically zero. So we had to do a dance together. And by the way, the chances that he was gonna like knock me out and be like, and see, you were wrong about voting for Trump and you you, you should vote for, well, I don't even know what Democrat he could support, but you get the point. And I think we both kind of realized that early on. And to his credit, they, they didn't wanna make it all about politics. And we did, we did the thing. And, and I think that there's some richness in there. And if we can only just revert to that, right? If we can just revert to, hey, I'm willing to have a drink with somebody I disagree with and have those conversations. And then, and that's why I keep talking about the post-woke world and how we have to map it now, right? If we can get out of this thing, like let's say the Republicans really do well and take the Senate and the House, win some of these gubernatorial races. Biden becomes complete lame duck. I mean, he's just lame in general, but he becomes complete lame duck. And then we realize, boy, there's there's really an avenue now. It's not that the Republicans are so great. It really isn't. But maybe we're not gonna have these crazy, crazy, crazy spending bills. Maybe we're not gonna look to chop every child's genitals off. Maybe we're gonna get a little of the neo-racism out of the schools. And then we just start getting a little bit normal a little bit normalized because the machine will go, whoa, the the people have spoken. We may not like what they're saying, but they have spoken. And maybe the machine starts kind of recalibrating right in front of us. And then we just all are like, all right, okay. Uh, Things are a little bit more normal. We kind of like normal. Maybe we took normal for granted. I mean, maybe we all did, right? If all of us had a time machine, you could just snap, right? You could just snap and go back to three years ago. I think a lot of people would do it you know, before all of this craziness. Yeah, a lot of it was on the way and the woke stuff. Yeah, look, I was talking about the woke stuff for years. So it's not that it wasn't coming, but before the COVID nonsense, before like everything went completely haywire and we talking about World War Three and Ukraine and all of those things. So I think we have to start mapping what that would look like and show people, hey, cons- conservatives used to talk to liberals. Liberals used to talk to conservatives. We have to get rid of the wokesters. Sure, we have to get rid of, we have to get rid of the really crazies over there. Uh, whatever whatever fringe crazies exist on the right, I I keep saying they have no institutional power, but if there's this real racist movement on the right, something like that, we would have to get rid of that. And then the bulk of us, the 80% of us, will just have at it like we used to. And that would be fully in the spirit of America. So that is the goal as I sit here drinking tequila on this happy hour uh, with you. And of course, what goes hand in hand with that is that we just have to keep building new things. Because A, I could be wrong, maybe we don't get to the other side. B, maybe even we do get to the other side, but they keep trying to destroy. So the, most of us get to the other side, but these guys aren't gonna stop. They're not just gonna go away, right? And that was always the risk of calling everyone Hitler and Nazis. You don't just stop one day. So we still have to build new things. That's what we're trying to do with, uh, with Rumble and Locals. Uh, trying is not the right word. That's what we actually are doing uh, with Rumble and Locals. And, and we just have to find new ways to do almost everything. Uh, let me get to a couple comments and questions. And I'm curious what you guys are drinking. So let me know what you good people are drinking or perhaps participating in some other activity right now. I don't know what you're doing, Uh, but but let us know. I don't know what that meant. That definitely didn't seem right. Uh, Mad says, I have a new mixed drink, Arnold Palmer with a nice shot of rum. Think I will make one for this occasion. I like that. Well, first off, I love the Arnold Palmer. You give me half iced tea, half lemonade. I'm very happy. And then you put a little rum in there. That's very nice. Although I'm a tequila guy, I do enjoy rum. You know, rum is gonna kind of, gonna feel a little more, you know, it's a little more like, uh, I guess Jimmy Buffett-y kind of rum. Tequila's gonna kind of keep you up a little bit more. You can really get into it politically with a friend over tequila. Rum is a little more of enjoy yourself, it's five o'clock somewhere kind of thing. EK says, what is your Myers-Briggs personality type? Jeez. I don't know that I took one. I think, may, you know, I've taken the Jordan personality test, and I've taken some others over the years. What, what are the other four? Are there four? I actually don't even know. I should do one, and we'll we'll do the results. You know what? I'm going to do one, and we'll do the results. I think I did it maybe maybe 15 years ago or something like that. It's been a long time. Uh, let's see. Uh, Nick says, "Do you know if Spencer Clavin is jealous?" Uh, at all, that Justin stole the show uh, by being born on the exact same day that he and Josh got married. So Spencer Clavin, of course, you guys uh, should should all know Spencer. Spencer is a, is a, I think he is a massive rising star in whatever this online right-leaning, semi-sane group of people is. Uh, he, he is a great dude, and he and his now husband, Josh, uh, were getting married on October 6th. I was supposed to give the big speech at the wedding, and I was very excited to do it, and I had warned him we got a baby coming. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to make it and I hope that you won't hold that against me. And yes, of course, Justin was born that very day. I don't know that he's jealous or angry. I think we've been able to bury the hatchet and uh, I think we will uh, we'll be able to continue a friendship uh, despite having a baby on the day of his uh, wedded bliss. Um, Amy says, in the spirit of Halloween... How do you feel about family costumes? Well, you know, we do have our first Halloween coming up. And uh, Daphne, I believe there's been some discussion about what the family could be for Halloween. Do we want to tip anything off? Do you know anything? I don't know. Daphne's been working on some things. And Halloween is your holiday. You love horror. You love Halloween. Um, there are some options. We've, we've discussed a couple things. I, I don't want to give anything away right now just because, yeah, yeah I think we should, we'll need to post some pictures, but I do have to say this, one thing that has been very refreshing, and I think this is completely uh, indicative of what's going on here in Florida, and, and maybe to some extent, this is a, a Miami thing or something. Um, the last couple of years I was in LA, almost nobody was putting out uh, pumpkins anymore. You saw very few witches, maybe if Nancy Pelosi was in town, but you didn't see a lot of stuff out there celebrating the Halloween spirit. There's a lot of Halloween spirit out here. Uh, I got witches feet upside down at the neighbors. Clyde was going crazy because there were crows around a witch's feet turned out to be totally fake. Um, but there's Halloween spirit about, about here, which is also interesting because you know, the fall here, I'm from the Northeast where the fall, you know, you have to put on a jacket here. I'm like wandering around in a tank top and and it's the fall, but I'll survive. Uh, RB says, have you and David thought about writing a book about your parenting experiences? Uh, I don't know that we're experts just yet in that we are nine weeks into this thing. But I think we're doing, I, I would say I think we're doing a pretty good job. Like David's reading all the books. He's talking to the right people about advice. He's uh, hes a little more patient. I will tell you something that has happened to me in my in my middle age at 46 years old. One thing I've noticed is I am becoming very sensitive to loud sounds. I can't deal with screaming. And sometimes these kids, you know, there's a screaming and a crying and it can get pretty high pitched. I think usually my feeling always is the high pitched ones are gas pains. I don't know if that's based in fact. The fact checkers can be all over me on that one. Um, But with like the real high pitched screaming, like I wanna be there to soothe these kids and I really am trying my best and I'll have them laying on my stomach pick them up and you know doing all the put them on the dock a tot doing all the stuff um but David really has like absolutely shined this is you know he was the one that really was sort of sort of pushing us towards this in the first place and uh you know I think he just was so absolutely ready for this and we've got his mom and his sister have been with us so we've had that female influence around which obviously a lot of people have asked about and I do think that having female influence around actually is important and i do also accept that there are some people who look at the traditional family which usually had a mother, a female, and a father, a male, and a certain amount of children, and that is what the prototypical family can look like, but I think you can map something that's roughly approximate to that and good. That's, that's my uh, hypothesis, I suppose, and that's what we're trying to do here. I don't have a lot of evidence for that, actually, and I know this is where the Media Matters losers who are watching or go, Dave Rubin doesn't think gay families are good, and of course, that's not true. We, I, there are no two kids on Earth who have gotten more love since these two kids have been born than us uh, than this family and those two kids um but you know it's hard to map that thing we do have a couple now i've met a few gay families gay parents with kids um and we're trying to i think everyone's just kind of feeling it out and like you do things a little bit differently and you know it's it's, it's a different thing um but it can be a great thing and i think that that's what we're uh, we're trying to figure out fire says how was the bris So we did have the bris on the eighth day, as has been prescribed in the Torah. And uh, we had the moil come here. I watched the episode of Seinfeld with the moil the night before to prepare myself for that. And then actually it's the same moil who did our first bris a couple weeks ago. Turns out that the moil plays basketball. And now I'm playing basketball with the moil on Tuesday nights, which really sounds like an episode of Seinfeld. You know, I'm playing basketball. That's what happens in middle age. One you're middle age, I guess. You're in your twenties, everything seems cool. One day you're playing basketball with them oil. You go, what happened? What happened to me? I don't know. Um, suffice to say, playing basketball, I got three braces now. I've got the ace bandage. I've got the knee sleeve. And then I've got that metal freaking thing. And I'm, I'm actually playing, playing pretty well, which is nice. Uh, but the, the, the bris was nice. You know, it's, um, well, nice. I don't know if nice is the word. You know that they're doing a circumcision at a bris. You guys know that, right? Yeah. That's why I gave you off that day. (laughs) It was on Friday. Um, Yeah. You know, it's, it's one of those things I discussed it actually with Dennis Prager. If you haven't seen my interview from a couple weeks ago, you know, that this is a tradition that the people that I come from have done for literally thousands of years, 3000 some odd years. Uh, of doing this. And it represents the covenant with God and all of those things. There is a part of me that's like, well, why would I have to do that? And, you know, you bring a child into the world and a child is, is totally innocent. And you, the last thing you want to do is make that child cry, hurt that child, bring that child any pain, right? You're spending most of your day so that that child can be happy and soothed and, you know, loving life. And you do this moment. And fortunately, I will say, I don't know if this boy just no, no, knows how to cut or what, but, you know, you give the kids like a tiny bit of wine, they're a little loopy, snip, and you're good, you eat some bagels and, and everybody's fine. My feeling about it really more than anything else, it wasn't necessarily like the, the let's say the true, true religious part per se, as much as the, the tradition part. My parents did it, my grandparents did it, my great grandparents did it, and you can go a long way back and all these people did it. And all these people, are, are, their, their descendants are still here. Uh, There's a lot of uh, communities that are long gone over the test of time. And somehow these traditions uh, led people to being here. There must be some value in that. There must be something in that. Um, So that, it was... uh, you know, we ate ice cream after. That was pretty good. We got the Carvel cake, which everyone likes the Carvel cake. And, uh, you know, I, I think we're done having kids, but I assume I'll be at other, uh, other brisses throughout, throughout my life. Um, Anne says, why do you think Marr hates Trump so much? A lot of people were asking me this. And again, this is one of those things where had we had more time, and I think I mentioned on the show that, you know, there was a little clock by the, the area where we were sitting and they kept adding time to it. And I had a hard out because I had to catch the red eye. I said to these guys, I cannot miss my flight. Like I'm going to ring the freaking bell at the NASDAQ. I cannot miss my flight. But they kept extending the time, extending the time. And I had said to Phoenix right before he started, I said, no matter what's happening, if we're killing each other or if this thing's going great, I got to get out of that studio at whatever it was, like 930 or something like that. And I also didn't plan to a drink that much. I didn't plan to smoke the weed. I mean, there was a lot going on. But you know, right at the end, if if you haven't seen the interview yet, if you just watched the last ten minutes, and we do some Trump stuff and this and that, and you know, he he has this thing about um, you know, but Trump said grab him by the pussy, and it was like, you know, this was the same guy that was asking me a lot of questions about about anal sex, to be quite frank, Um, which I didn't care. Like it wasn't something I cared to discuss. Um, but it's like people talk a certain way. And I think Trump's just a guy who talks a certain way and all that stuff. He, he sort of whittled it down at the end to Trump's not conceding the election. And then when I said to Bill, well, you know, Hillary was saying Trump was an illegitimate president. That was the most interesting moment politically of the entire thing. Maybe not personally, but politically, because I, what was his exact line? Do you remember his, exact line? he said, no, no, she didn't. Is that what it was? He said, no, she didn't. And I said, Bill, there's a tweet out there, there's video, blah, blah, blah. There is video, you have all seen it. We could pull up the freaking tweet right now if we wanted. You can all find the, the tweet. And what I thought was interesting was, I, I genuinely believe he did not know. Now we all have blind spots, myself included. I think what I said to him after that was, I think you, Bill, have a blind spot here. And that's not, we all have it, right? We're, we're all insulated in our own worldviews and we have to do our best to punch beyond that. And find some things that might find us to be, you know, that might be a little uncomfortable to us or go against the narrative that we've chosen or whatever it might be. But I think that his reaction seemed very honest to me. Like he genuinely didn't know that. Now, that would be an interesting thing that maybe his producers might wanna think about. Hey, maybe we're not, we're not giving this guy enough of the information so he has the full picture when he's going out there and talking about these things. But then you know we got into it sort of about, well, he said to me, well, what's better? I said, you gotta admit, Bill, things are better. you know The economy's better, the, the border is better, et cetera, et cetera. I, he, he didn't lie to, he didn't not lie. He didn't, um, he didn't deny that those things are true. So I think the moment of truth really will come for a lot of the sort of, let's say, Bill Maher-type liberals over the next two and a half weeks, right? We've got this big election. So if, if you watching this, if you're sort of on the fence or you've been a Democrat your whole life, you were, say you, let's say maybe you were sort of like a Tulsi person. So you were a Democrat. Well, here we are. The proof is in the pudding of two years of Biden. Here we are at the midterms. And do you think this thing is going well? Do you think the economy is being run well? Do you think the border is being run well? What the hell do you think is going on with Ukraine and Joe Biden talking about Armageddon? Do you think that Joe Biden is mentally fit to be president? Do you think that Kamala Harris is ready to take over? I mean, the list goes on and on, right? We could do an awful lot of this. Do you think that endless spending, just because they put a nice name on it, Inflation Reduction Act, do you think that that actually stops inflation? All of the stuff, the woke stuff too, I didn't even mention any of that. So the, the proof now, this is the moment of truth, I suppose. This is the moment of truth for those types of liberals. And my hope is that uh, when it comes, Wednesday rolls around and it's post-election and, and the Republicans have done really well and hopefully taken back the House and maybe have the Senate, and there's a feeling we can we can really change this thing and enough's enough, uh, that the liberals will have come around. And then, by the way, then if you so choose to vote Republican as, a, as an old school liberal, Fight for your liberal beliefs. Really, I I mean that. I'm a guy that wrote a freaking book defending classical liberalism, right? So fight for it, but fight for it from within a party that's somewhat sane and functioning. And then I think just for now, the Democrat Party just has to go down with the wokes and the socialists. And as I've said many times, maybe years from now, a a phoenix rises from the ashes. That's kind of where we're at, I think, at this point. Croft says, what's everyone else drinking? Let's get, I wanna know what more people are drinking as long as we're doing this. Croft says, Dave, were you or David ever gamers like PC or console? If, what did you do? Do you like to play? This is a great question. Thank you. Uh, so I was, a, I, was a, I was a huge gamer. I was a gamer, man. I remember getting, I remember seeing my first Nintendo Entertainment System, NES, 8-bit Nintendo, which I have. I still have here and it works. I had to take it apart one day, watch a video on You YouTube, uh, the tequila works, guys. Um, <laughs> you Um, I was, you know, I, I like you know, blowing the cartridges for a while. Eventually that stops working. I took the entire thing apart, rebuilt it myself like RoboCop. And now my 8-bit Nintendo works. Yeah, you got to reset it a couple of times. You got to jam the, the games in weird. You still have to blow sometimes and all that. But it works. I remember seeing 8-bit Nintendo for the first time at my buddy John's house. It was 1985. 99% sure it was 1985. We were, We were... Nine years old, eight, nine years old. Uh, What does that put you in? Like third grade, something like that. And I remember playing Mario Brothers. I could not believe anything could be that cool or that fun or anything. And then we just, we spent years and years. I mean, sleepovers, hours after school, old school Mario Brothers, obviously. And Duck Hunt was on the original thing. Do any of you, any of you remember Gyromite? This will blow you away. Connor, you're a gamer. There was a thing that Nintendo, it came with this in the system something called Gyromite, and it was a game that had a little robot. You had a physical robot that you put next to your Nintendo system, and you would play a game, and then Gyromite would move around, and he would do some things. It's true. Google Gyromite. It's, it's a true thing. And then you had the gun for duck hunt and all that. Uh, played, I loved Contra. Me and my brother would play Contra over and over and over. 30 men up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B, A, select, start. You guys all remember the code, of course. Um, and then all the sports games. I loved Bases Loaded. I would argue Bases Loaded 2 was better than Bases Loaded 1. I know that's very controversial. Uh, uh, Well, no, Madden Football came a little bit later with Sega Genesis, which Sega, that was probably my prime, if you're asking me about my prime uh, video game years, Sega Genesis, now I'm in like eighth, ninth grade and Ghouls and Ghosts, Sonic, all the sports games, NBA Live, all that kind of stuff. And uh, those those were good old days. Now I just can't, I can't, first off, I don't have time. So I know a lot of people want me to play video games and I have a PlayStation 2 or 7 or 9. What do I have down there? I got a PlayStation. I think I got a 4. Oh no, of course not, 2. I have 4, PlayStation 4, thank you. Um, I have one downstairs. I just don't have time and uh, I have trouble running this way. I can run that way. You know what I'm saying? I can run that way like Mario and I can run this way. Even though back in the day with Mario, you couldn't. The screen would follow you and then it would block you off. But if you want me to run that way, I'm good. And I can run that way in the rare games that allow you. I think Metroid would let you run both ways. I can't run this way, I can't do it. I don't know if it's a, it's a mental thing or, I, I don't know what it is. What are people drinking right now in the Ruben Report locals community? We've got some mojitos, very nice. I hope you muddled the mint well. A raspberry Riesling, that's very refreshing, especially if you're in a warmer climate, sounds very nice. A Portuguese Vino Verde, that sounds nice. A Pinot Grigio with cherry, oh, you know what you could do? So I'm not a, I'm not a white wine guy, I don't, I don't love the white wine. But I want you to enjoy white wine. If you do, uh, you put a little frozen fruit in there. Are your cherries frozen? I'm wondering. You just throw some frozen raspberries in there, something. It'll, it'll work for you. Seven up zero. Very nice. Keeping it uh, clean on this Monday night. I respect it. And a bourbon neat. Very nice. Very, no, one's, no one's got the tequila with me, huh? Wow. Does that make me an alcoholic? Drinking tequila alone on YouTube. Thomas says, uh, "What was Luke's weight at birth? Luke was 8.1 pounds, and he was born. Uh, he was born about nine days early, so I think he was born. He was due yesterday or something. Um, but he was 8.1, and Justin, I think, was 7.0. But Justin's huge. This is a big kid. Like he's going to be a linebacker. He's he's uh, you know he's well. We were able to get breast milk. We were blessed enough that we were able to." Attained breast milk and also my sister gave birth the week after Justin, so she's been able to give us some milk. So these kids are getting breast milk, which there's all sorts of nutritional reasons why, that, why that's great. Um, but when you're feeding kids out of a bottle of breast milk, usually they're getting breast milk out of the breast, it could be a little more difficult to gauge how much they should be eating. Uh, because you know if you fill up a bottle to say four ounces, you kind of think, oh, they should drink all four ounces. But when they're going to the teat, they're kind of just stopping when they don't want to anymore or when mom's got to get up. So we're balancing a little bit of that, but Justin's in like the 85th percentile in height and weight and Luke's doing good. Yeah, it's all good, all good. Uh, Tony says, can we give three cheers for Daphne being such an awesome community manager? Daphne, is your local's name Tony? Did you just... To Daphne. She's doing a fine job over there. All right, Phoenix, I'll allow you to throw in a few more. Oh, no, you're in charge over there, Daphne. All right, you can throw in a few more Bizarro questions. If people want to get off politics for a minute, and uh, yes, things things are pretty good. Oh, I should also say, you know, I mentioned it the other day. um, All of our channels are blowing up right now. You know, I don't know if it's pre-election, where always pre-election. That's where these type of channels, politics, culture channels, they all kind of explode. But across the board, YouTube, Rumble, everything we're doing, almost every day now is our best day ever. Our, our The 28-day period we're in right now is by far our best 28-day period. Um, like, it's really been, uh, we're on a nice little roll. I would like to just chalk that up to um, that we're doing something decent and maybe a little bit different. I would like to maybe also chalk that up to, you know, maybe I got some of Mars' old-school liberals who maybe didn't love me or didn't know me. You know, I saw a bunch of people in his comment section that didn't know me. They were like, who is this Ruben guy? Like, he seems like a sane conservative. It's like, if that's what I am now, that's just so wild, but I, I guess, I guess it is possible. All right, a couple more, and then we'll get to it. I'm roasting a nice, uh, garlic pecana tonight, which I was going to do for you guys, but, uh, my mother-in-law, it's her last night, so she's getting the pecana, but I did get that she's just getting the regular one. I got you guys for Friday night, a Wagyu pecana. You get that fat cap on the top, you score it, a little salt, pepper, oh, Perfect, perfect. Tony says, what is your breakfast of champions? Um, I usually, probably about 90% of the time right now, I'm doing Faye uh, 0% fat yogurt, do some, uh, throw some raspberries and blueberries in there, little bit of Florida honey, I love that Florida honey, and some uh, peanut butter granola, that's probably 90% of the time. And then every now and again, if I'm running a little late in the morning, cleaning up poop, sometimes that has to do with the kid, whatever it might be. Uh, It still works. It still works. Come on. Um, I do just grab a hard-boiled egg and I just down it, which Daphne loves that, right? There's nothing you love more than when I'm just standing there and you're like, Dave, you've got to get up to the studio and I've just got a big egg in my mouth. That's what we're doing around here. Uh, Jeannie says, a Democrat just handed me a Bloody Mary. Apparently, he used used the blood of children. Tastes a little coppery. (laughs) Where are you? (laughs) Are you at Hillary Clinton's house? Are you on the Epstein Island? Where Where are you right now? That that would be happening. Where that is that is very bizarre. But all right, all right. Last question, and then I do hear babies crying. So you think the people can hear them through the mic? Probably not, right? Probably not. Uh, Tony says, uh, speaking of David, are we going to get an update on the cookbook? soon. So David's been working on this cookbook for a long, long time. And for those of you that want to see beginnings of it, uh, you can go to davidscookbook.com or you can go to instagram.com slash davidscookbook. There's not a lot updated lately because of babies and a move and home construction and life, man, it's tough. However, he is working on it. We're trying to figure out um, a way that maybe originally he really wanted it to be a separate thing. And I fully respect that because obviously I'm a public person. Most times if we go out or we do things like things tend to be about me a lot. Actually, one thing that I really do love about fatherhood, this is, I guess, an ancillary benefit, is that things around the house are not about me as much. My day is about me, right? Oh, you're interviewing this person. I'm talking to the camera. You're asking me questions like it's a lot about me. And that is great to some extent. And it's a validation of what I've put into the universe and all that. But it's also like, a, I think to some extent, like, I don't know, there's like an end of that road, I guess. Something like that. Um, so the fact that these kids are around, it makes it less about me. Um, and David really wanted this book to be sort of separate from me. Because obviously if we put my name on it or something, it, it will it will sell pretty well, blah, blah, blah. So now we're thinking maybe just because he's so crunched with the kids that maybe I will have a little something to do with it. It could be the David's cookbook or something like that, but he's an incredible chef. However, I have to say that I've taken over a bunch of the cooking duties uh, since fatherhood is rolling around, and it's, it's mostly grilling, I'm, I'm mostly in the grill, but I do a freaking amazing uh, meat sauce, uh, three meats, let it simmer for like five, six hours. Um, I'm doing, doing a bunch of different, I uh, make a, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich that'll just knock you out. And Daphne's baking a lot these days. What, what do we have today? We had pumpkin chocolate chip cookies with just a dash of pumpkin, and it was just right. Uh, Oh, it's Me Monday, guys, by the way, over at the Locals Community. This is the one I put up this morning. I saw this this morning. This is pretty great. I'm here to crash bicycles and economies, and I'm all out of bicycles. How is it possible that that man is president of the United States? Man, well, I hope you've enjoyed Happy Hour. I think we're going to do a few more of these. We're going to try to mix it up over the next couple of months and do some interesting things. Uh, we have a great, I don't want to tease too much, but election night, something special is happening on location somewhere. I've probably said too much, but think about it and you might be able to put it together. Um, we're going to be going to DC uh, a little about, I think the week after the election. Uh, we were originally going to go the day after, but we gotta we want to kind of get the lay of the land, see what happens and who's going to be in and about DC. You know, a lot of people, they leave the senators, congressmen, They leave, they're supposed to spend most of their time, obviously, in their home districts, but so many of them just camp out in DC and that's where they're going to the orgies and all the, whatever they're doing. Um, And uh, that's what, what's his name said? And then they took him out, remember? uh, yeah, Madison Cawthorn said that. Next thing you know, he disappeared. I have no evidence of that. I don't know. It was a joke, okay? Uh, but anyway, we want to let the dust settle because most of the people go home for their races, right? You're back in your state for your race. So we're going to go a week after the election. We got a studio there through the Blaze guys. That's pretty awesome, actually. And we're, we have a whole bunch of senators lined up, and, and uh, we're just going to interview as many people as possible. I'll do a couple live shows from down there, I hope. So that will be good. I think I'm going to do Tim Poole's podcast while we're in Virginia. A couple of things uh on the docket. So uh yes, yeah, it's, it's uh it's all good. How come you guys didn't drink while I'm sitting here like a drunken fool? Oh, because you gotta drive. You're very responsible. Guys, if you'd like to play along, uh as always, RubenReport.locals.com. If you haven't subscribed on Rumble, rumble.com slash RubenReport. My full interview with Megan Kelly is up across platforms right now, ad-free as always at locals. And I leave you with a cold clothes that uh especially if you've been drinking will make particularly no sense. See you tomorrow. There's not a single solitary Biden man that is younger than any Biden woman. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Ruben Report Direct Message. We're live on Rumble, Blaze TV, and YouTube every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. Don't forget to review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And if you're looking for early and exclusive content, you can join me on Locals at RubenReport.locals.com dot com.